Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Chance, and my guest today is Perry Marshall. He's an online marketing strategist, entrepreneur, and author of numerous books, including one we're going to talk about today, The 80-20 of Sales and Marketing. So, Perry, thanks for joining me. Uh, John, it's great to be here. It was great to be at your summit uh, a couple of years ago where I met a lot of your people and you know, the world just seems to be getting more and more eccentric, and there's a lot for us to talk about today. And, man, you know, you're either harnessing the eccentricity or it's it's pounding you on the back of the head with a two-by-four. And, and there's not much in the middle, so... Well, yeah, so, um, very so timely. Let, let, let's get kind of a baseline. I mean, everybody's heard the 80-20 thing. It's almost become cliche, you know, how people apply it. But I don't know that that many people, and this is your contention with the book, that many people get the leverage that it provides at a business level, do they? No. Um, first off, um, it's not just a business rule of thumb. It's a fact of nature. And, and in fact, like I, if I go to the beach with a bucket and I pull out a bucket of sand, the sizes of the sand grains is going to be 80, 20 and how much water is in all the rivers is 80, 20. And, uh, and the, the, the dirt on your carpet is 80, 20 and the files in your hard drive. Okay. That's that, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is that. Um, there's an 80-20 inside every 80-20. Right. And, and when, when people really get this, it kind of flips them out. Um, and and so, so I can do, I, I can run a spreadsheet or a sales report of all my customers. And if I sort it from top to bottom, 20% of my customers are going to generate 80% of the sales. But then if I chop off the bottom 80% that only produces 20%, whatever's left, that top 20%, it's still 80-20. And I can do that again. And 4% of my customers are 64% um, of my business. And then I could do it again, and 1% of the customers are 50%. Well, this is true in almost any part of your business, and we'll get into that. But then there's a third thing, um, and this is – probably a, a little bit new to most people, but um, the world is really becoming much more 95-5 where, you know, 5% of, of your efforts or your customers produce 95% of your results and the other 95% only produces 5%. And this is especially true online. And I've been watching this develop and, like people really need to understand this. Uh, the world is not the the world like cause and effect in the world operate fundamentally different than they did even 15 years ago. And I don't think most people have gotten the memo. Um, and there's a lot of examples of this out there. Um, but well, let, you, you let, know, let me uh, stop you there because I want to. I want to yeah. clarify something, um, and we'll get obviously into examples. And I want to go back to the nature <laughs> comment. But I yes. mean, is the simple kind of no-brainer lesson then to say, look, ninety-five percent, or if we want to use eighty-twenty, still to not scare too many people. You know, it's eighty percent of what you're doing a waste of your time almost. I mean, especially when you get to ninety-five-five, it's like ninety-five percent of my effort is on five percent. Quit doing that. 
Uh, well, yeah, or almost. Okay, okay so the, there you'll always find that there's a bunch of those things that like somebody's got to do. Yeah. Um, it, it might not be you. Uh, it shouldn't be you, but it's got to be somebody. But but like for example, um. You know, 80 to 95% of all businesses fail or, you know, most, most entrepreneurs, we, we have all these little projects that we get into and the project is a miniature little business, truth be told. Like mm-hmm. even if we didn't go form an LLC or something, um, but actually, you know, anywhere from, you know, uh, four fifths to nine tenths of those really don't produce anything, uh, at the end of the day, um, and 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 what's happening in the world is that is that there's more and more people like kind of getting nowhere or just treading water or altogether losing and then there's this minority of people that are just absolutely slamming the ball out of the park um like you know it's it's a you know it's a trip it's a triple it's it's a it's a home run and then some, um, and, and there's less and less that's in the middle. And, and so I think people today have to be more ruthless about how they spend their time than they've ever been before. And there's, there's never been a time when busy work would get you less far (laughs) than it does right now. And there's probably never been more busy work. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like amazing amounts of busy work. And it doesn't even look like busy work on the surface. You, you have to be really discerning and, um, you know, lots of things, they, they just sound like good ideas. And a lot of them are based on, well, it's really what was working in 2003 and it's not really based on what's going on right now. Um, so I'm issuing a wake up call. So let me go back to the nature comment about like the grains of sand on the beach or, you know, the, all the things you quote, uh, cited from nature. I mean, is there some sort of principle that suggests why that's the case? Yes. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'm not going to get super theoretical. I, I could go into all kinds of stuff about chaos theory and, and you know, and if and this is really what it's based on. But, but John, I, I just want you to imagine that that we put a table in the middle of your living room and we went to some machine shop and we machined the top of that table to be absolutely flat to within a hundred thousandth of an inch. And it was a mirror finish. But then I want you to imagine that there's a leak in your roof and now we're going to drip water on that table and the water is going to drip into the middle of the table. So here's a question if, if I have the, if I have the table perfectly level and it's perfectly flat, does that mean that the water is going to evenly spread out on the table and then drip off the edge of the table in a smooth flowing stream? My guess is it would probably gather as much energy to spread itself out in a very small section of where it landed. Well, right, right. And the and and what would happen is no matter how flat you try to make that table, it's going to be a little bit you know, easier for the water to go in one direction or the other than, than the other ones. And then it starts going. And once it starts going, well, the erosion yeah. will, will wear. And then a million years later, 
you know, there's going to be this big giant groove in the middle of your table that started out as flat. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing you could do to make the water flow equally. And, and, and here's the thing is everything in life and nature is like that. So how water erodes or, or, or for example, you got, 10 14 year old kids yesterday tried Jack Daniels for the first time and maybe they all sort of liked it but one of them liked it a little more than the rest of them and so 30 years from now the rest of them all take a drink a week or two drinks a week and one of them has five drinks before breakfast and he's an alcoholic okay and 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 the, so your customers are like that and my customers are like that. Like everything is unequal. And the thing is, is education conditions you to treat everything like it's equal. Uh, treat everybody like they're equal. The teachers try to make all the kids equal. Well, I just want everybody to get A's and B's, you know. It's like, well, they're not going to. And so entrepreneurs harness the eccentricities where a lot of more ivory tower people they kind of try to pretend they're not there. Yeah. Um, and so you have to just completely reverse uh, the normal way that you think. Okay, so for that person out there that's thinking, where in the world is this going and why is this going to apply to my business? Let's bring it back to something very practical inside of business. You know, how could somebody start spotting that, you know, 95% opportunity? Well, let me tell you a story, and maybe a couple of your people have heard this one before, but this is my favorite 80-20 story. Um, I have a friend named John Paul Mendocha who uh, dropped out of high school when he was 17, and he hitchhiked from Denver to Las Vegas with a couple of gambling books under his arm, and he, he's like, I'm going to become a professional gambler. So like, he starts going to casinos and playing poker every day and living by his wits at age 17. And after a few weeks of this, he was like, dang, you know, this is like harder than I thought. Um, and he bumps into this guy who runs a gambling ring named Rob. And uh, he starts talking to him and he says, well, could you teach me how to do this? And Rob says, for a percentage of your winnings, I could teach you how to do this. And so they shake on it. And after they do that, hey, jump in the Jeep, John. We're going for a ride. So they get in the car, and they're going down the highway. And John says, okay, so how do I win more poker games? And Rob goes, you have to play people who are going to lose. And those people are called marks. And you need to find the marks in the room and you need to play poker with them and you don't play poker with anybody else. And he says, well, how do I find the marks? And he says, here, I'll show you. And he pulls into a parking lot of a strip club and they go in there and there's women and there's rock and roll and there's people drinking and, you know, all this commotion and noise in there. And he sits down at the table and Rob pulls a sawed-off shotgun out of his jacket. And he opens a chamber. And under the table, then he snaps it shut and it goes, Shh! and um, And all these guys uh, look around. And, and, and John sees them. And, 
And the owner comes over and he says, hey, what's going on over here? And Rob goes, hey, we're just fine. There's no problem here. We're just teaching the lad a lesson. Not going to cause any trouble. Don't worry about us. And then Rob turns to John and he says, John, did you see those guys who turned around when I made that noise? And he's like, yeah, those biker guys over there. Yeah, those guys. And John goes, yeah. And he says, don't play poker with them. They're not marks. Play poker with everybody else. Now, that was what I call racking the shotgun. And everything you do in marketing is rack the shotgun. In fact, I've trained my customers and clients to use that phrase all the time. Rack the shotgun is when you... Uh, you, you know, you know who racks the shotgun all the time is Donald Trump. Okay, <laughs> yeah. now I'm not saying he does it for good reasons yeah. uh, or whatever. I'm not like making any statements about any of that, but he does it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and he gets a response. Now, what I have always found out is most people are instinctively afraid to rack the shotgun. They're afraid to find out the truth. They're afraid to go make that big noise out there and see, okay, who's going to turn their head and who's going to ignore or who's going to say no and who's going to say yes. I mean, it could even go all the way down to your, te your teenager like, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, she came in at 2.30 in the morning last night and I don't really want to ruffle any feathers and we seem to be getting, well, that's like being afraid to rack the shotgun. Like, well... If you don't know why your teenager came in at 2.30 in the morning, then whatever the reason is, is probably not a good one, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 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 but you have it, to Ignorance ask. is bliss, right? Yeah. You, you know, I, I talked to a guy about um, he owned a smoothie store, and he was doing all this Facebook and social media stuff. And I go, well, do you ever send him emails? He goes, no, I'm afraid of them unsubscribing. <laughs> well, that's racking the shotgun, man. Like. Like I said, email is 10 times better than social media. Yeah, yeah. You're not emailing because you're afraid some people won't like it. Like send them an email. Let them unsubscribe. Like it's fine. In fact, like if your unsubscribe rate is less than 5%, you know, you're – or even 10, you know, you're probably not selling hard enough. Yeah. Um, and, and so everything you do – Everything you do in marketing is racking the shotgun. So what you're, again, coming back to my original question on that, what you're suggesting is that um, that's how you're going to find the leverage? Th that's, yeah, you're going to, so with people, right, you're, you're going to find that most people actually aren't going to respond to anything that you do. Yeah. They're never going to buy. Okay. And there, you know, and maybe it's 80% aren't going to buy, or maybe it's 60% or maybe it's 95% aren't going to buy, but there is a rack the shotgun just with buying. Now, the interesting part about 80, 20 is that, that if you rack a shotgun and you get a hundred, let's say it's, let's call it a hundred dollars shotgun. 
it's a hundred dollar transaction, let's say, and you get a hundred people to respond. Well, if you if you quadruple the price, if you rack a four hundred dollar shotgun, twenty percent of those people will respond again. Mm-hmm. And if you rack a sixteen hundred dollar shotgun, twenty percent of those people will respond again. And if you rack a $6,400 shotgun, 20% of those people will respond again. And so you'll find that even though you started with only 100 people, let's say, who would spend $100, you might find one person who would spend Mm $50,000. And you didn't know it. And that person was already there. That person is already in your audience. And what I'm seeing is that all of this is becoming more pronounced than it used to be. So it really, I mean, again, one of the sort of core principles was you build a business, you got customers, you need to be trying to sell them more. And I mean, essentially you're saying that, but maybe at a level people haven't considered that, that not just is there an opportunity to maybe sell more, but that there is a sort of almost mathematical equation that says what you should sell them and how much it should cost and who's going to respond. That's right. That there, there is a hunger in the marketplace that some, there's a small percentage of people who's, they have an extreme itch that they would like to scratch and it's almost unscratchable. So, um, so in, when it, when it was just your product line, well, there's some other things I want to get into, but, right. but let's just restrict it to the, your product line right now. Mm-hmm. So, so 8020 says, if I have a Starbucks and a thousand people a month uh, are buying a $5 latte, one of those people will buy a $2,700 gleaming stainless steel espresso machine. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just about a law of physics. Now, I started notice something really interesting when I started teaching Google AdWords, um, and uh, it, it was so I wrote the world's best selling books on Google and Facebook advertising, and all of a sudden. When, when AdWords came into existence, all of these new businesses that might not have even been able to exist before suddenly popped up. And it was this giant feeding frenzy and gold rush. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I noticed was that if somebody could get to the top in AdWords, they could get the number one position, which gets the most traffic. And then if they could streamline all the stuff in their website, the shopping cart, the sales pages, the landing pages, the the offer, the unique selling proposition, if they could dial all that in and test it to the hilt, they would get to a point where nobody could shove them out of the way. Like, they're number one. They might not be number one on TV and they might not be number one on the radio and they might not be number one on Main Street. But if they're number one in Google AdWords and if they got their sales machine dialed in, they're almost unstoppable. Now, here's here's why this was. It was because number two, number three, number four, number five, they all have to test their way to success and they have to 
you know, experimentally find what works, but you're already getting more traffic than they are and you can already do more tests than they are. And so, and so your previous success greases the skids for you to continue to be successful because you're the incumbent. Well, I've been watching very carefully and what I've seen is that an incumbent in the brick and mortar world is 80-20, but an incumbent in the digital world is 95-5. So, so here's an example of this. You could go ask your 10-year-old kid, can you name a dozen car manufacturers? And any 10-year-old kid could think of a dozen, you know, Ferrari and Toyota and Kia. You know, they could come up with a list. But can anybody name 12 search engines? <laughs> or 12 auction sites? Or, or 12 bookstores where you can buy any book? Well, I don't, you, know about, I don't know about you, but I have the uh, top 100 search engines that every business should be in um, sitting right here next to me. So um, I'm, being <laughs> I'm being facetious, of course, but remember, yeah, remember right. when people used to talk about that. <laughs> right, right. And they all got washed out. Well, that's because the Internet is frictionless. And in a friction, so, so making cars, that's, a, that's friction all the way. You know, um, you, whether you go to the Toyota dealership or the Ford dealership, you have to drive across town, right? You've got it. Okay. And so that supports there being 12 different car manufacturers. But if it's Bing versus Google, there's, there's literally no difference. Like if, whether you type in B I N G or G O O G L E on your browser, what, the only thing that makes a difference is how much you enjoy the experience. And if Google is 10% better, then pretty soon everybody's going to use Google, and then Google's going to become 1,000% better yeah. because they have more data and more customers and more bells and whistles and more everything, and pretty soon Bing doesn't really have a chance. And see, everything in online marketing is like this. Basically, you're either number one or you're nobody. And I don't think most people have really gotten this, that this has happened. Mm -hmm. You're either number one or you're nothing. So that old phrase, being a category of one, oh, it's dead serious now. In a 95-5 world, you have to be the number one. Whatever you do, you have to be the only one or you are hamburger. Well, I think you can see that at a very real level for you know local the local plumber. Uh, for example, I mean, uh, you know, all, all the searches are being done on a mobile device and Google is determining, you know, here's the three positions that they're going to show. And certainly if you don't show up in those three, and as you suggest, maybe number one of those three, uh, right. you, you really don't exist. Um, I think. And, and so the, the digital world is even cutting into the, uh, the world of friction, you know, car. It is. We, we, we may see a day when there's only one car sale search engine and the, you know, the manufacturers are, are really, uh, I think, uh, um, playing with playing basically to, uh, to be there. You, you know, so I'll make a prediction right now is that 10 years from now, self-driving cars will be extremely common and half of the auto manufacturers will either be out of business or bought out 
by the winners. Yeah, yeah, because it, it uh, to so, some extent it won't. The brand won't matter anymore. No, it 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 won't. So like like watch out now. If you know this, if you know this, you can make predictions about the future. Like in many cases, if you like you project ten years in the future. If you already pretty much know who the winner is, then you can bet on the winner and you you will uh, you'll gain. Like if there's somebody out there, like I don't know, I don't know who it might be, but if somebody out there already pretty much knows who's going to control the self-driving car thing, then then you buy stock in that company and 10 years from now you'll be happy about it because because there probably isn't that much that anybody can do even right now to change it. Or to give you another idea, you know, there's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum and there's all these, uh, uh, you know, other little Crypto cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Bitcoin already won. Okay, all the re- all the rest of them, it, that's like .net, .cc, dot .name, dot .whatever. What it's just like domain names. Like they'll all. They'll have their little day in the sun, and people will think, but ten years, Bitcoin's already won, um, and 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 it's it's the the winner take all phenomenon is on steroids. So we're the, I'm trying to figure out which direction to take this because there's so many we can go, and we're really already out of time. So let me let me uh, um, let me ask you. How somebody would, and I'm trying to, again, end it on a really practical note. How would somebody <laughs> apply this to an existing business? I can see a lot of people thinking, okay, if I could figure out this thing and predict the future and, and I'll create a business around that, but how could somebody apply this? I mean, is this something that you have to have an epiphany or is this something that you have to just go out and start testing things in a certain way? So so here's what you can do. and This is extremely practical. Okay. So... um. Richard Kosh and I put together this website called starprinciple.com and it's free and you can you can go click uh, a dozen radio buttons and score your business mm-hmm. and it basically it tells you how likely it is that you're that you can dominate the niche that you're in right now um it's kind of a truth serum of mm-hmm. of this winner take all thing and so the score goes from zero to a 200 points and anything over a hundred points is a home run. Okay. Now if, so some businesses will get a 25 and some will get a 75 and some will get 150. You know, if you're 150, man, you're good and you should pour on the gas. Well, so here's what you do. Most of our businesses are really three or four businesses or three or sure. four product lines or sure. three or four markets, and they're all kind of on one, one umbrella. Here's what you need to do, and this, is, this, this could save somebody years of heartache and frustration right here, okay? So you, you go, all right, well, you know, I, I have product A, B, C, D. I have market A, B, C, D. You score each one individually. Because in one of your markets, you're really the number six player. In one of your markets, you're the number one player. And, you know, one market is shrinking and one market is growing. And you score that. And, and you, you break it up and, you, and you, you need to figure out which part of my business do I pour the gas on 
and which part do I really just kind of ignore or I let coast or I just give it as little gas as I can get away with while I build the others because 20% of your business is going to produce 80% of the growth in the future and the rest of it's just going to waste your time. And I think a lot of us aren't really honest with ourselves about where our business is actually at and what it can really produce. And you need to be the winner. There is, there is probably some part of your market where if you're like, well, you know, this part of the market isn't very well served right now. Nobody else is really, truly paying attention to this aspect. And I could totally nail it. And if I really put my resources into it, I could emerge as the absolute dominant player within six or 12 months. And that's what you should do. Visiting with Perry Marshall, we're talking about the 80-20 principle, which is now 95-5 online. Winner take all is is the game that we're playing. Uh, Perry, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find uh, probably the, 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 the best place to plug into your kind of vast universe? Uh, you can go to perrymarshall.com slash 80-20. And, and you should start by reading 80-20 sales and marketing and just know that it's it's even more true now than it was in 2013 when I wrote it. And the race is on. The race is on. Um, it's winner take all. And whatever it is that you do, you need to find the thing where you can be number one and you can totally dominate and be a category of one because all the other stuff you're doing is a waste of time. Awesome. Thanks, Perry, for joining us. And, uh, again, this we, th- this – Conversation could ramble out of control for hours, but uh, hopefully people got uh, um, a little hint of uh, the passion and maybe the uh, uh, the urgency probably of, of this message. Well, John, it's always an honor to talk to you, and I, I love what you've done. You've, you've made this little empire over there with duct tape marketing, so thanks for having me on your show. You bet. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks. Thanks.